Hey everybody, welcome to the No Pants Required Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann, and today I am wearing pajama pants. It's a whole thing. I've been doing it a lot lately. It's cold and yucky out. Why wouldn't you, right? Anywho, my guest for this episode is Nancy Red. Nancy Red is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author, an award-winning on-air host, and Wirecutter's beauty and health product expert at the New York Times. Her debut picture book, Bedtime Bonnet, is about black nighttime hair rituals and was chosen by the American Library Association Black Caucus as a best of the best children's book for 2020 and called the best children's book of 2020 by the Griot. Her newest picture book, The Real Santa, is an exclusive and magical Black Santa Christmas story she longed for growing up and has received starred reviews from Kirkus and Publishers Weekly. Hey guys, today I have my dear friend Nancy Red on the program. So Nancy and I met, gosh, I, you know, I keep saying this every time I say this and I try to say like when I met people, I keep saying it was like last year, but it wasn't last year. It was probably four years ago. It was so many, it was so many years ago and that's okay because it, it could have been a lifetime ago. It could have been last month. I love you all the same. There we go. See? Yeah. But I knew instantly I saw we were all flown out to Colorado to film this stuff for TV that actually never saw the light of day after we worked all weekend on it. And then, Welcome to like 30% of our lives. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've got so much stuff that never, never actually comes out. But we met in the airport and I liked her because she was wearing sweatpants. And I like a girl who travels in sweatpants because I travel in sweatpants. And I was like, and everybody else was kind of... I feel like they were all from the South maybe or something. And they were, they were all, I just remember everybody was really dutied up and I was not dutied up. And a girl had a gun in her purse. Remember that? I remember. <laughs> it's hard to forget. <laughs> and then, and then, and then they sent us, that person sent us purses and I was wondering what's there going to be a gun in it. It's very exciting. Oh, I for- she did. She made us purses. That was very nice of her. But her purse, very cool. her purse had like a special like gun pocket, which was something I had never seen. And I live in Kansas and people carry guns. You know, I mean, that's not a rare thing here. But I just to have like a fancy pocket for it really was something new for me. Yeah. But no, our purses did not have a gun pocket. So I guess we just have to carry it the old fashioned way in my on my <laughs> hip like I normally do. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I carry mine in my boob. You carry Next, e- yeah. okay. You carry everything in your boobs. Can we talk about yes. that for a second? Oh, I'm happy you remember that. That's it. What's what do we, what do you know about Nancy Red? Like, there's so many things you can know, but many people who actually know me know that I carry like my boobs are treasure trove. You oh need God. chewing gum. Do you need a tissue? Do you need ten dollars? Do you need All the keys to my car? It's all in there. I mean, we went to dinner one night and she was pulling credit cards out of her cleavage. And she was like, like, oh, babe, not that one. Hold on. And then she went back in for a different credit card. And she's like, no, put on this card. And she had her phone like tucked in the under boob. I mean, it was, and I have boobs. I have room. I just never thought about using it that way. And I tell you what, the other day, in fact, I thought of you before I even knew we were going to do this. I hadn't heard from you and I didn't know if we were going to do this. And I, but I went for a walk with my daughter and we were walking our dog and I had my phone and I needed two hands to hold the dog. And so I stuck my phone in my bra 
And mm-hmm. my daughter, she's 14. She was horrified. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, it's okay. It's like a Nancy Red purse. It's fine. That's what you do. I was like, my friend Nancy does this all the time. And then she was in the car today when you called us. You called me. And Aww. she, and so I was like, oh, that was Nancy. And she's like, oh, the lady who sticks the thing in her boobs. And I was like, that's the one. That's my good friend Nancy. Like, we love But aren't stick- we all at, at some aspect, the lady who sticks the things on the boobs? Like, so everyone has a boob story. I stopped with the phones because, see, now, now, because I'm afraid of the next 40 years of my life, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I got out this 40 unscathed. I've been getting my mammograms. And now there are no phones. Phones don't go near my oh. girlfriends. Oh, you know, so. because of, like, the the waves or whatever. That's Who knows, up. right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm still right there with the hard candy and the credit cards. Don't worry. Don't worry. I never thought about a hard candy, but I mean, because the chocolate bar is not going to make the cut. It's never going to last. So no, I do no. like the hard candy idea, though. I think I'll start doing no, And also, I've learned the hard way. It's Skittles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is not how I, this is not how I anticipated the beginning of this. But you know what? When, when you're on the No Pants Required podcast. You never know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly, I left that aspect of my life behind in the pandemic. Because don't you like how in the pandemic you can just kind of reinvent yourself? Right. I had not thought about boob purse nips in some time because I haven't had a reason to go anywhere. Well, that's with true things too. in my yes, boob. that's true too. We haven't needed to do that in a while, and I think that was my whole thing with the dog. I was like, oh, I don't have a pocket. I don't have anything. I forgot that. I, you know, we go places now and take things with us. And so I got to have a spot for it. I mean, I've always, I feel like though, I mean, if you, if you talk to me, it's, we're always going to come back to boobs. I mean, that's just one of my favorite topics. It's just, it really is. I just really enjoy them. I mean, more than probably more women should, but I just think they're really fun. They, they're versatile and they bring me joy. So and I was really just, I just had so much fun with you that weekend and I just loved hanging out with you. And we made all these TV. So we did. What did we do? We we were like filming stuff for TV where they were asking us like parenting questions, right? Oh, it was super fun. I mean, it was like all of the fun stuff that you get to do when you're in the zeitgeist of of what is your cultural commentary on this age old tradition of birthing children and trying to keep them alive and healthy right. until they either continue the cycle. Or go forth and and do whatever they want to do. But I, my favorite memory of us is shortly after you had some really exciting news and we came to Los Angeles and we got to we got to have our our our, our men meet. We it was did. very exciting. Mm-hmm. We did. So there, there, there have been some there have been some very fun, exciting moments in the life of Jen and Nance, and I am thrilled to be here with you today and virtually. Could never I- saw it coming. I know. I wish I could be in LA and do this like in person. That would be fun, but we can't. So here we are. It's almost as fun. Well, and I feel like we should probably address the Christmas hat in the room. So if you're watching this, (laughs) you're watching this on video, we are filming this in October and Nancy's wearing a Christmas hat. Can you tell us why you're wearing a Christmas hat, Nancy? Nancy's been wearing a Christmas hat since June because Nancy has learned that when you have a book coming out, you just got to go full hog. And so I have a new book coming out, The Real Santa, published by Random House Kids, and it comes out Halloween, ironically. And I'm very excited to be here in my Santa hat. If you can't see it, everyone, you can listen to the Christmas cheer. 
just ho 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 ho. It's coming through. <laughs> what's this it's coming through? What's this book about? What's the real Santa uh, about? It's a really fun book about uh, one boy based off of my son who wonders what the real Santa looks like. Because as you know, most of the mall Santas and the Santas on TV tend to be white. And they're based off of a Coca-Cola stereotype, stereotypical image of what Santa looks like that was prescribed almost 100 years ago. And my son in my household, Santa's black. So it's a really nice, heartwarming way to address the Santa in the room <laughs> and to help all children feel like Santa could be whoever he is. And it's been so much fun promoting it and hearing different people's Santa's experiences and Santa's story. And also just getting away from in my household, the elves kind of took over for a while. So now we're getting back to Santa because the elves almost drove me crazy last year in particular in quarantine. Did you do elf on the shelf ever, Jen? Oh, I'm kind of the known as the elf lady. We did the elf. Oh, I know. I, I was setting that up. I was setting that up to see. Oh, I was like, uh, <laughs> where have you been? Yeah. And I did wear an elf hat because I had a Christmas book come out years ago. And I did wear an elf hat at quite a few book signings because, you know, when it's, yeah, you either, with me, at least for you, like you enjoy what you're doing. Like the elf I did not enjoy moving him around and doing all that stuff, but he made me who I am today. So I have to have a very love-hate relationship with him. I enjoy him. In fact, he, he sits out all year round. Now I should have him on the shelf behind me from now on. Now that my kids are 14 and 16, we don't need to, we don't need to do that anymore. So he sits out all year round and watches over us now all the time. Aww. Well, so <laughs> last year because of quarantine, I had such mom guilt. And my elves went crazy. I mean, my elves were like, my children could make requests of the elves. So one one night my son wrote, can you please make me a special craft? And I spent quite a, a couple hours one night handcrafting a, a snowflake that looked special from the North Pole. It's still hanging on his door. It's been almost a year. It's still hanging on his door. He loves this elf snowflake, right? And I would get alphabet cook. I was the person you make fun of, Jen. <laughs> oh, I, I was your pseudo nemesis slash money maker. <laughs> yes. if, if we weren't friends and I were crazy enough to post these things to Instagram, which I, I didn't, this was a private affair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you would have screenshot and be like, crazy lady ruin it for the rest of us <laughs> well like last year one of my good friends she really and that's the thing I don't know what it is but I am I'm friends with a lot of overachievers now and <laughs> last Christmas she was I can't remember what the deal was but she was like she was going to be late and my other friend and I we were kind of we were at her house waiting for her to come home we were all going to go out or something I can't remember and she was like, can you guys, can you guys do the elf real fast? Because, you know, my, my I got my daughter with me and, and she's going to be like excited if, if you, if the elf is done when she gets home. And my other friend and I, my friend who has no children, she and I both tried to do it. And, oh, and we were like, well, what do we, I'm like, you just put them on the shelf. Right. And she was like, Jen. No. And so we had to do a campfire scene with like little pretzel, like bonfires and things like that. And and I think she has three elves and they wear sweaters and I had to dress them. And whew, and I was like, and my my girlfriend who has no kids was like, this is fun. I'm like, yeah, one night when you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Our, I, I made the huge mistake of bringing the elf out part of Black Friday after Christmas, like after Thanksgiving, I mean. Yeah. And so, and, and so, and then I also 
I was afraid of them figuring it out because we've all been sequestered in this house. So I started having the elves ask for stuff. And then when I, we would open the tiny little note, like, could you please make us a Christmas tree jello mold? I would then act, oh my gosh, how could these, do they not know I'm busy? Do they not know mommy has a life? All right, I guess, you know, I guess we can, we can schedule some time. So it became this very complicated relationship <laughs> and it was very, I mean, it was, it was very clear in retrospect. I was really missing the real world and outside communication. I was involving the elves as like those family members who are always messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, we have company. Look, <laughs> visitors are here. <laughs> I, I got to clean the bathrooms. What do the elves need to use it? <laughs> it was literally, it was almost, almost bad, but it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. I'm glad it's over. How old, are your, how old are your kids again? I forget. So I'm still in, in the mag- I'm in the bare end of the magic years. My son is ten uh-huh. and my daughter is seven. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it's it's getting there. But what's really fun is when your son will know, but your daughter won't yet, and then he helps you. That was Aww. probably the most fun I had with it because because two things. One, I had a helper, so I could be like, "Yo, go move out, go do something with him," you know. And so, and then two, my son would be like. <laughs> After about three nights of it, he came back and he's like, I'm exhausted. And I was like, right? Like, you can thank your mother now. Like, you can thank me for that. Yes, exactly. If you're ever just like, will I take care of her when she's old? Just remember, for years, I knitted tiny little elf scarves. That's right. And created tiny little bite-sized cookies and found the W, the only W in the box of alphabet cookies to write, wish you a Merry Christmas. Like, <laughs> no, so I didn't so. do anything that elaborate because that was the thing. He had really big plans, but then, of course, it'd be, you know, the 11th hour. And I'm like, oh, did you, were you, are you ready to bake cookies now at 1030 at night when your sister's finally gone to bed? Like, are you ready? And he'd just be like, no. He's like, we can just, I don't know. He's like, I'll just put them in the Christmas tree. I'm like, good idea. He enjoys the Christmas tree. <laughs> he likes hanging out. Oh, yeah. There. So, yeah, on go- my go-to was always like the elves want to watch TV, so we're going to put them right oh, there so yes. they can they can they can see the view of the TV. And if you get all your chores done, then the elves can watch TV with you. That's but only if you get the chores done. But yeah, I love Christmas, so I was so excited to get to do the real Santa as my first Christmas book because it's my favorite holiday, and and I'm just. I I go all out for it. It's really fun. So when I had a Christmas book coming out, I wrote it about my mom and her Christmas obsession. She was heavily featured in that book. She decorated her house early. Why don't you tell say the book so people can get it? Like oh. this is not just about me and real Santa. Let's really. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be symbiotic. We both. We both talk about mm. our wonderful products for purchase. <laughs> So what's the title of that? My book? my holiday book is called Spending the Holidays with People I Want to Punch in the Throat. And <laughs> and when that book first came out, my mom decorated my mom and I both, we decorated her house in September so that I could do a lot of like photos and things like that and have like a bunch of like marketing stuff done over at her house. And so what I want to know is have you put your Christmas tree up yet? Like you're gonna need it up for October 31st for release day. Oh, listen, I have a whole Christmas corner. So, you know, there's the junky living room where the kids live and that no one will ever see. We have a Halloween Christmas tree up there. So it is black and orange and has pumpkins all over it with a big pumpkin thing. But in the nice living room where no one's allowed to go but me, 
the, oh, an entire corner is like a w- winter wonderland. And I didn't do it for this because I just didn't want to hear it, Jen. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with this little plain background, my little hat and my little book right here. And yeah, no, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a whole area, but it doesn't take long to set up because it's literally just cold about Christmas and you can just vomit it out. Like just, it's supposed to look homey and earthy. So you just put your little decorations up, you put your little ornaments you put your snowballs and voila you got yourself a winter wonderland christmas do you put up okay so you said you put up a halloween tree Hmm. my mom has a halloween tree my mom has two halloween trees now do you have a halloween village do you have a haunted village i think you need a village i did have a village and i gave it away I, so I had a hand-me-down ha- ha- haunted house village with all the little lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my kids loved it when they were little. And I feel like there's a window of time when you're very small and very old <laughs> that you like these things. And then, <laughs> so once my children, once I realized I was spending a lot of time creating this little haunted, same thing with the Christmas villages, by the way. Once with those little lights, and it's a lot of lights, and I personally become a little nervous about fires and frayed cords because you know so i was like all right let me pass this fire hazard on to another family <laughs> you guys can bring your house down we're fine over here do you decorate totally. for any other holidays every holiday my every. mom was a first grade every holiday my mom was a first grade school teacher and she always says holidays are what you make of them uh-huh. so i it's not it, it sounds more complicated than it is because i'm addicted to walmart grocery delivery so Walmart has it where I live, this service that you can literally go online and anything Walmart sells. And I do mean anything, right? They will deliver it to you. It's the most incredible thing that's ever happened. And set regular prices. So if I type in St. Patrick's Day decorations, there's at least 30 things that for under $10 total, I can get delivered to me. And then at my daughter just helps me put it up. Boom, we've decorated. And it's like a fun thing. Valentine's Day. My daughter makes, I don't know if your kids were ever into making those blank days until chains and so what is that what why is that so exciting it's like it's like a jail I think that's something they do do at school though I think that's something they learned at school I think that's something the teachers do to keep themselves like I can look at and be like all right only eight more loops left (laughs) yo it feels like it feels like the 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 numbers on the jail wall until until break right Mm -hmm. and so so I, I decorate for everything. We I decorate Valentine's Day, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. But I wouldn't do it if it didn't bring me joy. I don't do stuff that doesn't bring me joy. Like there was no yep. Columbus Day decoration. we're not doing we're not gonna do we're we're only we're only sparking joy here with the holiday celebration well so okay so i think that's the key like for you it brings you joy for me it does not like you know just yesterday in fact we were driving home and i had my daughter with me and my neighbor was out and she was working in her yard and she loves she's out there i mean probably three four times a week she's out there trimming stuff and pulling weeds and you know just I call it fluffing. She's just fluffing her garden all the time, right? And I was like, Zhuzh. Yeah, zhuzh, there it is. And so I was like, God, that looks like a lot of work. Like, it w- and and my daughter says to me, she's like, she enjoys it. What do you care? You didn't, she didn't ask you to do it. And I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. Like, I, you know, but I think I feel that pressure. I feel the pressure that I'm like, God, oh, I guess I should go zhuzh my garden. <laughs> you know? but okay, I should- well, step one. 
I just need to talk about how great your daughter is. How wonderful is it that your daughter is like the haterade can pause? I just want to validate this lady's personal experience. Right. So my daughter, <laughs> she's interesting because she's definitely she's darker than I am though, and angrier than I am. But then on the other hand, though, she's also more like. I think everything with her is just, it's centered in like justice and fairness and that, you know, I was being unfair that I'm, you know, she's like, you're being unfair. Like nothing, this woman did not come over and ask you to do your garden you know? <laughs> like or, or even ask you to, you know, if you'll help her do her garden, like just leave the, she's not home. even asking you to upgrade your garden no. so that it's more on par. Yeah. Cause I also am anti-gardening. And so my neighbor has the most manicured, beautiful lawn. And and they wake up every day at like 7.30 in the morning. And they're like, oh, there's a leaf. Let me get the leaf. And and it's a beautiful display that I feel so terrible about the fact that our yard is basically Artapalooza. Because my <laughs> daughter is an artist. And so our, our sidewalk is art. Everything is art. And she never says anything to us. And I just applaud her. Because I would, I would be so upset. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think that's the thing. I think you have to figure out what brings you joy. Like it brings my mother's joy to decorate. I mean, make fun of her and I tease her a lot about it. But, you know, she loves it. I just spent a week at her house taking care of her dog. And I can't tell you, like, talk about worried about a fire hazard. I mean, every night I had to go around and unplug, <laughs> you know, villages and trees and all that's this what shit. Happened to me. I was afraid I was going to forget to unplug, yeah. you know, the giant candy can. So at, at some point I did say... I love decorating. I don't like taking care of the decoration. So my mom every morning would plug the things in, every night plug things out. It's all I can do to sometimes plug that tree in. Yeah. And I'm always afraid I'm going to leave it overnight and be, I don't know how it works in Kansas or what your life was like growing up. Every holiday season, there was a front page story of a burnt down house. Yeah. It's like, they left their candles on or they have real trees too. Don't do like them. And I was like, I don't want to be. That's not how I want my legacy to go down. Right. With chick who perished in the Christmas tree fire. But way to way to we go. Can't have that. What, at least you died doing what you love. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the thing I don't like either is like, I don't mind putting up because I feel like there's always people willing to help me put it up, but I hate taking it down because it's always me. Like, and 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 you're, and you're kind of depressed after the holidays, and you're always sort of like, oh, like I got to put all that crap away now. And and so there have been years that it has stayed up until Easter, my Christmas tree. I'm a fan. <laughs> my my mom, my mom literally stopped putting our our antique breakables on the tree, and she just takes it down in pieces and stores it, and then puts it back up, and then puts the few glass pieces on she wants but she's just like i'm in my 80s like i'm keeping the tree in a couple of pieces and i'm putting it up like that i was like you do you my brother got a pop-up tree which is the most incredible invention anyone listening to this who's like i can't even with these christmas trees you must google pop-up christmas trees for 300 dollars you can get a really they're cheaper ones but you really need to like invest about 300 dollars you can get a really good tree that folds down into a disc that looks like the lid of a trash can. And you open it up and poop, it pops up into a candy-coated shell of a Christmas tree. There is no inside. It's completely hollow. Oh, my gosh. But it has baubles. It has lights. It has a star at the top. I think I need to Google this. I can't even imagine. 
It's it's incredible. That it's, is yes. nuts. Oh my gosh. So when he's done with Christmas, he just swishes it right down. And so it has everything on it already. You don't even decorate it? Nope. It's a squish. Squish and go. (laughs) If he could do it, anybody can. Oh my goodness. Well, with all this, all these, all these holidays that you love, now you've got this Christmas book. Are you going down the path? Is there going to be more holiday books? What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I made the mistake of taking a moment and not selling another book immediately okay. you know how it is with the cycle mm-hmm. Jen for inside baseball people listening to this the cycle of books is you have the idea and it shows up on in in stores two three years later yeah. depending on the and and I just was tired and I was like I just let me just stick with this and so I don't know what's next I still have to present my next book to Penguin Random House to okay. see what because they have the know. first look, they get first look. Whatever you do next, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I just was, I wanted, to, I, I was so pleased with Bedtime Bonnet. I was pleased with Real Santa. I was pleased I survived the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me not stress myself out. Can we talk about the Bonnet book? Because I have read that book. I haven't read the Christmas Aww. book yet, but I have read the Bonnet book, and I just thought it was. The sweetest, cutest little book I've ever read in my whole life, pretty much. Like, it was so fun. Can you tell everybody what the Bonnet book is about, please? So, Bedtime Bonnet. So, my, I wrote, like Jen, but not as well, nonfiction adult books for a very long time. And I wanted to write children's books, but I didn't know what to write about. And then one day I went on a business trip around the time I first met you when my daughter was really mm-hmm. small. And my, my husband had not yet learned how to do my daughter's hair. And I came back after like a week and I think they'd gone swimming a few times and anyone knows chlorine, toddler hair, old braids don't mix. So I started trying to comb it out and the screams were such, I was really afraid CPS was going to be called on me. So I flew to my mom's house in Virginia with my toddler in tow. I would say, fix it, mama. I can't do it. And then she got that calm and she was like, no, one thing that you can't do, you, you cannot let your children run over you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to get in there with that comb. I said, but mama, she screamed. She was like, it hurts you more than it hurts them. And I promise you, she'll be just fine as soon as we're done and we make some more milk. And I was like, all right, lady, you are the master of this. And she, bless her heart, got in there. We had to cut some of the tangles out. It looked like such a mess, but she was right. My child was fine. And she, my child was actually relieved once it was all done. And she looked at me, she was like, this child needs a bonnet. And for people who are listening who don't know what a bonnet is, for women with curly hair, in particular African-American women, where it's a tradition, like myself, my family, you wear a nighttime protection on your head, whether it's the shape of a bonnet or a scarf or, or other things that are made of a soft material, satin or silk preferably, so that your curls don't shift against your pillowcase and create knots and tangles and split ends. And so my daughter was starting to grow hair finally. Because, you know, for a while, Jen, they're like bald and cute. (laughs) (laughs) And her hair was getting really ratty. And my mom was like, she needs to wear a bonnet just like you do and just like I do. And she didn't want to wear a bonnet because she was like, only old people wear bonnets because none of her cartoon characters wore bonnets. Dot McStuffins didn't wear a bonnet. Even the little black girl in the Rugrats didn't wear a bonnet. And then I started seeing, you know, bonnetless heads everywhere and realized that she didn't have a role model. So I sold Bedtime Bonnet as a way to help little girls see themselves in print in a way that helps them contextualize the importance of this very important 
hair care ritual. And I love all the reviews on Amazon for Bedtime Bonnet because a lot of them are like, this is a fine book. I'm just happy it's making my daughter wear her bonnet. (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. So my daughter, so my daughter, she's Caucasian and she's Chinese. She's Asian. And she has a weird textured spot in the back of her hair, which I have no idea if it's because of that or just because like I have curly hair. My husband has curly hair, the two of us, which I think he's the only Chinese guy out there that has curly hair. But no, no, no. Actually, I've been down this route. There are lots of Chinese and Asian American people who have curly hair. It is just not depicted in the media. That is another one of those amazing, just like there are also darker skins. Right. Asian Americans, right? Right. But we don't see them. Mm-mm. Asia has not had the reckoning that America's having. That's a whole other podcast, okay? Uh. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. It's a whole other podcast. But anyway, yes, I digress. Yeah. But your, your hubby's well, not alone. Yeah, well, and her hair, she would just, she'd get these this big knot in her hair, and I would try all these detangling things. I bought every freaking brush on the market that was supposed to help with all this stuff. And it was one of my friends, she's black, and she was like, she needs a bonnet. And I was like, I'm sorry. I love your friends. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, she needs a bonnet. And I'm like, like, Ma Ingalls? Like, what are we talking about here? And she was like, <laughs> you know, and and so she told me where to go and what to get and what to ask for. And, you know, and we got her. But but my daughter really wasn't crazy about wearing it. And I was like, and then I was like, I want to wear one. Like, I want my hair to look better, too. <laughs> You know, and so then, but then I read the book and I showed her the book and I was like, hey, look at this. You should wear your bonnet. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I'm, I'm happy. Helped, it helped your, her. It helped um, your teenager. It helped your, it helped your teenager contextualize. Well, that's it so helped sweet. her. I think what it is, it's like you said, it's, it's helpful to see, to think, to know you're not alone, that she's not the only right. one wearing this bonnet. You know, she was like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't know anyone. And I'm like, you don't. You know, we don't need, you don't need to take it to a sleepover or something like that if you don't want to. But I'm just saying, like, you you will feel better. Your hair will be healthier. You will feel better. We will not have fights in the morning when I'm trying to brush your hair or you're trying to brush your hair. If you would just wear your bonnet. <laughs> wear the GD bonnet. Yes. Is the, is the unofficial tagline. It is. It is. <laughs> of this book. Well, because it's really hard, especially for kids now where everything seems to have a movement or a moment. If something doesn't, it's like, why should I trust it? Right. And so I was really excited to be able to bring Bedtime Bonnet to light. And I like the fact that many people who aren't black are like, oh my gosh, I got a bonnet. Because the bonnet's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know why. The bonnet, before people wash their hair every day, which was propagated by Big Shampoo, another podcast we could work on, you know, everyone wore bonnets. Ma bear in the Berenstein bears wears a bonnet, right? Marge Simpson in the early iterations had a bonnet on because you know, sis is not doing that hairdo every single day. It's not like she's washing it and blow drying it with a diffuser and then styling it. That lady, I don't know what happened to her bonnet over the years, but she was wearing a bonnet for quite some time. So I'm a team bonnet. And now also same thing with the real Santa. Uh, everyone I know who isn't um, white and mostly black has a, a Santa in their household that is closer to the family makeup of their own. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to be able to do the real Santa in a way that not only can my children or other African American children or, or half African American, my husband is Indian American, can see who they celebrate mm-hmm. and feel represented, but also children who celebrate white Santa. They can enjoy this book too. It's a real Santa book for everybody. 
It is. I'm sure. Well, I think no matter probably, my guess is no matter what comes next, whatever it is you're going to work on, it is going to be something though that will help your kids. It'll be inspired by your kids. Don't you think? I hope so. I mean, well, you know how it is. I have books that I tried to sell before I did so well with my books. And they were like, well, no, there are a couple of them that my children inspired that I might want to like try to dust off. And repurpose, you know, well, because I think, I think that, <laughs> it's ahead. changing, right? Like the like the publishing world is changing now. They're starting to see that there is a market maybe for books that they didn't used to. I mean, myself included. People I want to punch the throat. I can't tell you. They were like, uh, what do we do with this? So I think they're oh, always yeah. trying to think about who is, you know, they have to walk that line where it's like they want to make money. But yet we also need to reach as many people as we can reach. And speaking of and you, I just know what you're doing. Okay, so like you're so you're you you started everything with these things. What is what a book are you working on? Because stop this interviewing is not just, me, Nancy Red. Stop interviewing I, me. This there, is not Huffington Post. There were no rules, ma'am, <laughs> on what how this works. The only rule was we can't wear pants, and that's, that's basically true. a rule in my house anyway. So tell right? me what book I are know. you working on? What book I'm working on? I'm working on Midlife Bites. This I book, love Midlife Bites. This book is coming out in January. And so right now, I'm sort of like you. I should be working on something else right now and getting something into the pipeline. But I'm tired. <laughs> so, so I'm not really... Because you're in midlife. I'm in midlife. in midlife. I am middle-aged now. So, And that book took a lot. It's hard to write a book during a pandemic. So I did that. And then I kind of... My publisher is not going to like to hear this, I bet, but I really would like to write fiction. I had my agent on a few weeks ago and we talked about an idea that I kind of just like threw out there and she was just like, send that to me. (laughs) So I don't know though. You know, I don't know. Right now I like just, I'm enjoying the podcasting world. So I'm liking this. This is fun because I don't have to think. I just have to talk to people and I like talking to people. Oh, it's totally true. You are very good. You are a very good interviewer and you are very fun to talk to. So it's a great new muscle to stretch in your sweet world. Well, we're trying. We're trying. I mean, I just feel like I just know so many interesting people and I have fun talking to them and I would love to share, just share them with the world, I guess, share them with whoever, whoever wants to hear from them. So, you know, I, I used to do anthologies for a long time and so I could share people's writing. And now I'm I'm really interested in sharing people's stories. So speaking of, tell us your story, Nancy Red. How did you get here to where you are today? Where did you start? Where where were you where did all of this go back to? Well, all of it goes back to when a mommy meets someone that they love and want to have a baby on mess with you. <laughs> I was like, we're going uh, <laughs> when the egg and the sperm <laughs> come together, Nancy was formed. It is crazy though, if you want to just existential, but that's not what we're that's not the question you're asking. I am from a small town called, called Martinsville, Virginia. Oh, Virginia, you're cracking me up with laughing. At, yeah, so I'm from a small town in southern Virginia called Martinsville. We're known for NASCAR. And we are also known for having the largest chair in America. And we used to be the sweatshirt capital of the world because we had all the factories and everyone had like an amazing life, really doing piecework and 
getting whatever they wanted. So like if you wanted to go Disney World, okay, you just did a few extra pieces every day. And then you had your money for your Disney World trip. And then when I was in high school, NAFTA was really kind of took place and everybody sent the factories overseas. So it displaced a lot of of really hard workers who were incredible. And we lost our title of factory uh, capital of the world and, and now are the opioid capital of America. And it's mostly because people are in pain and they're brilliant, wonderful, hardworking people. But it's a combination of depression and stress over prescription because of the depression and stress, but also bodies that have been kind of ravished by the factory work and individuals in their older age, because that's been at this point, you know, 30 years. And so those people who are working really hard are now in their 70s and 80s. And I love my hometown very much. And I love going back there as much as I can with my kids. And I ended up going off and going to the big old Northeast and meet my husband there, who's a big old Northeasterner. And you'll understand this, Jen. And the very first question he asked me when we were dating, he was like, what high school did you go to? <laughs> because that's something that's important in city life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. Are, well, you want to you ex- explain this question? Because what's happening? Well, and, and like he would know your high school, you know, Martinsville High School. Well, he thought he would... <laughs> No, well, no, it was Laurel Park High School, oh, okay. eight steps from my house. You know, he's like, what are you talking about? But, you know, he, we married and he is an actor and I was a writer and television host. And we moved to big old Los Angeles together. And I was given the great advice that if I wanted to have a career in television hosting, that I needed to have platform and it needs to be more than just me chatting. So I should write some books. And so I bought the book, How to Get Your Book Published for Dummies, <laughs> and followed it to a T to write my first book, Body Drama, which was a photographic guide to pregnancy. And I spun that off into a bunch of nonfiction books and then had my family. And now I'm in the children's book work world. Crazy. What a path. And are you doing any more hosting of TV stuff or are you just kind of writing now? I am. It was fun in, during the pandemic. It, do you remember when everything first started and everyone just looked crazy? Before, everyone came in and like Zoom zhuzhed everything. Yeah. Everyone just was like, oh, I'm like, and I'm in my bathroom. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it was crazy. We I hosted a lot of really great things during the pandemic. And now I'm looking forward to getting back into the world and hosting in normal spaces again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else in my house. I Once my... Once my children are vaccinated, they're not old enough yet, but I tried to get in the line for the guinea pigs, for the the trials, nobody took us. Mm -hmm. But once they're vaccinated and we can just completely go forth without being afraid of dying from air, Mm -hmm. then I look forward to doing all that fun stuff again. I actually, during the pandemic, put them in acting because ironically... They were very lonely. We've been homeschooling this whole time. And ironically, they were just like, we miss friends. We miss people. And they're just like, people can kill you. Like, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I have a What can I say? So I said, all right, well, you can do acting because all the auditions were via Zoom. And sets are very careful. So you have to be tested well in advance before you be tested. Then once you're there, everybody, if they everyone's vaccinated if you can be so I was like okay well this is the safest bet versus the beautiful wonderful school that's right across the street from me that in last month had like 10 COVID cases do you know what I mean so I it's just decisions you have to make 
And I'm looking forward to being able to make wider ranging decisions. Yes. Yeah. It. Both my kids are old enough to be vaccinated and are vaccinated. And it did it. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine how it feels right now for those of you who can't get your kids vaccinated for one reason or another. But, you know, but. It, because there is sort of that layer of kind of like, oh, now we can go places. Like now we can do things again. Like um, I have a cousin, she has two under like five or something. The other day I, I saw her outside masked from, you know, probably eight feet apart from each other. And she said, yeah, I haven't been in a Target in like almost two years now. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, do you miss it? <laughs> like, you know, do you want me to get you something? Because God... And I, I think that's just the hardest part right now for you guys, I would bet, is just not having all those options that we have. No, I have, I have no options. And again, everyone has a different fear profile. Yes. And everyone has a different reason and perspective. I feel very lucky that both of my children are in the sweet spot where they still love spending time with us. Yeah but they can wipe themselves. <laughs> so it's that window of opportunity where toileting, I have nothing to do with other than inspection on a general sniffed basis. Yes. And, and no one is like wishing they could get away from me. That's not, nice. you know, everyone's like, yeah. So it's actually been really great because we are a busy household in terms of, you know, bunkering up together for a while. It was the perfect it was the perfect period of time yeah. for their age group. That's cool. And I'm ready for them to flew, fly the coop. Yes. Live their best lives. We've had some moments. We took some pictures. We've had the elves. We've done the stuff. Did you? Did they get cast at anything? Or are they still auditioning? Oh, yeah. Well, they just started a couple months ago. Okay. And so they, they've been cast in a couple of things. Oh. Two things came out. It's very cute. But it's also it's also really fun because you kind of see the type of people that your kids are. My husband's an actor. And so the type of actor you are and how you act says so much about your personality. And it's so interesting because with girls in particular, um, excuse me, on the Venn diagram spectrum, not all girls, some girls, right? But in my daughter's case, she tends to be very shy around anyone that's not me in her home. And she even said, because we were asking if they wanted to do this, because my son really wanted to. I was like, do you want to do She was like, I think it will help me get over my shyness and my fear of, especially of older people. And I'm like thinking half, I'm like, fear of older people is good. Like <laughs> you should like not, yeah. like you should like not stranger danger. There's a level there where I'm happy you have that, but you shouldn't be, it should be a, be a comfortable fear. You should be, I guess instead of fear, what I'm hoping she ends up with is side eye skepticism. I was going to say a healthy dose of skepticism will take her far. Like if she yeah. can just be like, yeah, Stop right there. Just a moment. Like, let me just reassess before we get too close. Right. I, I, I see you as my equal and I'm judging you. Yes. But only, if, like, I, but only to gauge where we are on the stranger danger spectrum. But mm -hmm. it's been fun because being by themselves, we're just with us as little adults. They're like little adults right now. So I'm happy that they're getting to interact with more kids and and do interesting things. I always wanted to do stuff like this. Like part of what you're doing right now, can you imagine if you had had these opportunities when you were a kiddo? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like it's just. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that's the thing. See, and like your kids at least like want to do these things. Like my kids, 
you know, during the pandemic, that was like, we should write a book because both of my kids are really good writers, but they hate writing. And so I was like, we should write a book together about like, I don't know, you know, and they were just like, no, thank you. And so they People break- I want to punch. No, like take this idea. People I want to punch in the throat during coronavirus pandemic. Spoiler. They're all in this one house that we share. <laughs> right. The call also, is really coming quickly, from Are the you house. doing? Oh my God. Wait, are you doing? You have to do. How are you? Have you not done a people I want to punch in the throat coronavirus edition? I mean, it's just, oh, but I it's think amazing. It would be, but my gosh, we let's get through it first. I'm still in the middle of it. In fact, just today, just today I went to Costco and I saw some man lose his shit. Oh my God. Okay, Nancy, you're going to love this. So I go to Costco today to make a return and there's a guy, a few people in front of me and I don't quite understand what's happening. I'm not really paying attention. It's loud. Everybody's got masks on. I can't understand what anybody's saying to me. And all of a sudden, he's like doing like angry pointing at the woman behind the counter and then throws like a Target bag at her. And I'm like, yeah, at Costco. Why do you have a Target bag? Well, that yeah, let's start with that. But I'm like, the hell just and then he storms off, you know, and I'm like, what just happened? And the lady's like, he's trying to return a shirt from Sam's Club and I refuse to return it. Oh, my God. So I was like, and so he lost his shit. Over that and threw it at you. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to go talk to him. And so the manager like had him by the side. And I was kind of irritated because the manager was doing the whole like, you know, I'm sorry you're upset, sir. What can we do to make it right? And I'm like, no, fuck that. Like he threw a bag at the lady. No, like we're not doing anything to make it right. So it's like, I mean, I just feel like there's so many, there's so many chapters right now in that book. Like here, because you know that this guy it's all just been like boiling up inside of him. And then like yesterday I, I made the mistake of getting on the next door app and looking at that. Pr- oh no. Oh. That's a whole other people I want to punch on next door. God, Like I'm just saying there's so much there. There's so much. There's always, and unfortunately, you know, do better people. Cause unfortunately there is always a topic I could write about, but I don't know. I I just I'm 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 exhausted by the stupidity of the people around me. So I and I can't write about them. And I'm preaching to the choir at this point. They know I'm mad. They're mad too. So maybe when we get a little bit further, my agent did say that she was like we were talking kind of about like different different genres that people that the publishers want to see and that kind of thing. And she was oh, yeah. like she told me that 9/11 still they're still not ready for books about 9/11. Which it's been 20 years, but nothing 9-11-y unless it's like nonfiction, informative, you know, but like don't base your don't base your fiction book around 9-11. And then she's like, and we want nothing pandemic right now. And I was like, oh, because and I even I had a chapter in Midlife Bites about the pandemic and they took it out. They were like, no, let's not do that. Let's oh, keep wow. it. Let's keep it happy because that's what I do. I always write happy books. So I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, if that's depressing, Jesus. So I don't know. <laughs> but I want to know now you've done writing. You've done TV stuff. Is there something else? Is there another profession you're looking at? Can you sing? Is there, do I, Am I missing out? What, what, what else? No chance of a triple threat here. I have a very short bucket list left of things that I would like to accomplish before I give up. <laughs> Before you give up, and what does it give up? You have so much success already. Why would you? What are you giving up? No, 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 no. I give up, but just you, the energy wanes, Jen. You know what I'm talking about. Like we, like we first started this journey, and it was like, well, yeah, it's gonna, and I'm just kind of like, mm. we're getting older. That's I mean, for sure. And you have to pick. Mm. It's like you said earlier. You have to do what brings you joy. 
And you, and I think yeah, as, yeah. as we get older, we are very much aware of what brings us joy, what what sucks our energy, what we're willing to put time and energy into. And it's just we're just pickier now is all. So that makes yeah. sense that your bucket list is small. What else is on it? What 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 can we do next? What are we doing? I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure out. I've always wanted to have a business. Oh. But it's I, I don't know yet though. That's like very vague. That's like that's like those people like I've always wanted to write a book. And you know, we're like, all right, well, it gets so many layers that you gotta get beyond <laughs> But I come from a business family. And I've always been, in, I feel like my life is entrepreneurship, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You know, all of that we do is, but I just want to, I've always wanted like a brick and mortar item. I wanted like an item that's not a book that is in a store. That's like, I did this, I created this, which is, it's, it's really fun to see. So I'm, I'm noodling around that because that's on my bucket list. You- it's also fun for your kids to see you do stuff like that too, right? right. Like little tangible things. Right. Do we know what the store is going to sell? Like, I've always wanted a bookstore. Like, that makes sense to me. But, like, what kind of – like, are you going to have a hardware store? Like, what kind of store are you going to have? Oh, no. I don't want a store. Not No, we're not talking like a children's store where oh. I open up a store. Okay. Like, I, I want a brick like, and a mortar. Brick and mortar <laughs> oh, my God. I am not – I'm not crazy. I don't know who opens a store. I mean, good luck, sir. <laughs> I mean, I am – no, absolutely not. I would like an item – in the in store. the store. So you want to make like you know? so you want to be like Shark Tank people. Like you want to be like the scrub oh, daddy. I, mean, to, I don't want to be like those specific people, but it would be fun if it could you so you want to be like insert product. I have not yet come across one that it's worth me spending the inordinate amount of time it takes. I have all kinds of Jen, I have a feeling you're like me. You just live in your life, ideas come to you, you write them down. And if they come back to you a few times, then you give them credence, right? You're just like, all right, maybe it's the right thing for me to actually pursue something about multiple times. But I love or, yeah. coming up with ideas. Or I need to, I don't know that I love coming up with ideas. <laughs> it's like, but I do, I do know what you mean. Like, I do think I have ideas and then I think about them and I think, oh, that's, but see, like if I thought, it, so I, of course we've all come up with like, we've all built better bras with a pocket for my phone. We've all built like, Especially like our baby stuff, like when we had little kids and we're like, wouldn't it be great if this just did this instead of that, you know? But my whole thing is like, where do you, where do you go to like figure this out? Like, you know, I can, it was hard enough just to figure out how to write and publish books. I don't even know where to begin to like, where do I get a prototype for, you know, the new Snuggie that I want to invent, you know? Right. So, right? so if you figure if you figure that out, you let me know because that is what's stopping me up too but I but you asked what's next and I right now I'll know because I I feel very fortunate to have done the stuff I am doing and to have the career I have but I I would like to figure out a product only because how do you how does it happen and if we can figure out these books and this other stuff Jen I think I think I can figure this out too. Probably. I mean, my husband's obsessed with Shark with Shark Tank, and so we watch <laughs> it like all the time. And I'm like, and I'm reading. Does it. he have a product he wants to create? Does he have no, a Shark Tank? He doesn't. That's no. just it. No, no, he really doesn't. And 
but I, you know, I love it when they, you know, they'll tell you the story and they'll show some guy and he's like duct taped, like, you know, two things together. And he's like, you know, and then he sends it off somewhere to make this prototype. But what kills me, but so like, I get very excited and I'm like, yeah, that's a really cool story. But then when I get nervous is when he's like, yeah, well, I've, you know, my house is mortgaged to the hilt. I've bought, you know, my children have no college funds left. I've sold everything, but you know, I need to make this work, you know, sharks, I need a deal. The sharks are like hard pass, you know? <laughs> and so well, I went down this, I went down this rabbit hole with a shower cap. I wanted to create a better shower cap, like a great shower cap. And I just spent a lot of time researching and trying to get my own patent. And in the process, when you try to get a patent for something, then you have to find, comp- ironically, you need to find pat- patents like yours because you have to be able to show IA, what are you building off of? B, what's out there? Blah, blah, blah. And this woman, at the same time that I was trying to figure this out, she had just filed this patent for this incredible thing called the hairbrella. The hairbrella, I looked at this and I started, I started patent stalking her. And it's this incredible rain cap designed by this African-American woman with, with hair like mine, where if you if you straighten this and rain gets on it, you've just wasted a hundred bucks. So there were no sassy, attractive hair caps in the in the in the. And it's similar to a shower cap, right? So she created this beautiful, incredible product, and she posted just the other day a picture of her wearing the plastic bag that she said she said I vowed to myself I'm a corporate lawyer I'm very fancy this is gonna be the last time I wear a plastic bag on my head. And she took it upon herself to design it, to patent it, to market it. And it was on Shark Tank. It's now a multi-million dollar business. And I'm super proud of her. And I'm also proud of myself for recognizing when I saw her and the work she was doing. And I had these two small children who at that time could not wipe themselves. I was like, I do not have the grace or the space in my heart to pursue this shower cap. And I abandoned my little sad patent. And I moved on and started mm-hmm. doing things I could do, like write children's books. But it's all possible if you want it enough. And my family has a phrase that I think is very true. You do the things you want to do. If you don't want to do them, you don't do them. If you really want to do it, you find a way. So I'm waiting for that product that I really want to do to find its way into my heart. So I find a way to get it done. Yeah. And you'll know it when it gets there. You'll you'll know it. You'll be like, this is the one. We're mortgaging everything. Here we go. <laughs> but you know, my, but yeah, he's always, because my husband would mortgage everything for whatever his idea is. He'd be like, yeah. And, and bless him. He would do it for my idea too. But I would be like, please don't, please don't do that. I don't need that kind of pressure. I don't know <laughs> because I think, so I admire the fact that you have the, like, how do I, I'm going to say this and it's going to come out. It's not going to come out the way I want it to come out. But I'm saying like you have the confidence in yourself to just be like, no, I'm going to find a way. Like it will work. I don't have that. I'm a pretty confident person, but I don't have that kind of confidence. Like, and my husband has that too, where he's just like, no, no, it's going to work out. We're going to do it. Like it'll, it'll be fine. And I'm I like, think there's two types of people. And I've realized this. There's type person who they, we go in full confidence. Like, it's going to work out. If it doesn't work out, you're kind of going to work out. I'm the type of person who, if you believe it's going to work out, doesn't work out, you feel like you played yourself. Do you do you feel like if you say, yes. if you know, you're the, you're the type that thinks, okay, if I tell myself it's going to work out, it doesn't work out. I'm a fool for believing me. Right. Well, and I, or I feel like I've let everybody, like I'm a failure. Like to right. me, like I, like 
I'm really like safe with the bets I take, like the, the bets I take, the challenges I take, the risks I take, like I know are going to pay off. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally, I'll take that bet. But when what? it's like a big bet, mm, you know, that I'm right. not so sure about. And see, there's tiers of that. So there's the people who only do the things that are, they're sure will be successful. And fortunately, you do things that you're sure will be successful and you're correct. I would say I'm in between the person who will go gonzo because that also is not an effective strategy, right? You know, like, yeah, I'll sit here in the Santa hat and promote my little real Santa book because that's like a pretty short fire bet. But I do a lot of things that I know will probably fail, but I don't talk about them. And I, and the thing is I, I've caught, I have failed at like eight things this year, miserably horrible failures no one knows you know what I mean it's in my family and like I teach my kids because I want my kids to grow up not being afraid to fail so they know all of the things mama has failed at you know and so I think there's the people who talk about everything publicly like I'm doing this and it fails blah 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 blah. I don't really bring things out until they're done deals and no one knows what I'm doing until it's basically done not because I'm afraid of failure because I'm just afraid of looking crazy because if people knew all of the crazy things I spend my time with, they would wonder, who is this nut? <laughs> right. No, and I think I'm probably somewhere in that middle range now that you're describing it that way. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, everything I've done has been, like, a success. But it's more like my thing is always <laughs> – my goal is always to not lose money and not lose face. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, and, uh, and, and, and so like, as soon as we start losing money or I start feeling stupid doing whatever it is I'm doing, I'm just like, okay, and that's done. <laughs> like, you yeah, know? Okay. Yeah. So I'm willing, <laughs> I am willing to lose lots of money because for me, I look at, a, so I don't really have quote unquote hobbies creating and being ridiculous is my hobby. So I have, I don't like, so I'm just like, all right, well, if I spend $2,000 on this dumbass prototype and it doesn't see the light of day, it was well worth it. I had a great time, you know, but I'm, okay. al I'm also not yeah. going to post the prototype. I'm also not going to be like, this is going to be the next, whatever, you know, but I am going to sit and, and just have a great time. My version of model, of model cars and stuff like that I guess you yeah. know that's a good way to look at it but yeah I mean like I bet if you added up how much you know somebody's husband spent golfing this year oh my god you know two grand probably seems fair and so you're like listen babe I'm gonna take two grand and I'm gonna put it into what I'm passionate about and what I'm gonna do I mean shit I probably have two thousand dollars worth of crafting stuff I bought from Michael's this year that's still just sitting there and I haven't even done and that's not even for business that's just to keep me sane all I do is craft just so I don't go crazy and kill people so okay I that makes sense to me I like that I might have to change my outlook on this now thank you you, you might have to write a book called I craft so I don't kill you that's an amazing <laughs> that brings me so much joy well I was thinking about that she could be like a fiction book where she's a you know, when she's not crafting, she's killing you with her knitting needles or something like that because she's like, leave me alone. But I don't know. Yeah. It I could be a so book called kill. Witchcraft where she is a witch who crafts to like quell her crafting, to quell her killing needs. But her knitting needles are actually her her wands and she cuts. It's all, there are all kinds of things you can do. So exciting. I, I mean, death by hot glue. I mean, I think there's all sorts of ways I could kill people with my crafting room. They'd have nice little, like, you know, I have all these scissors that leave, like, really pretty edges, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Cut you and leave you, like, with nice, you know, scalloped 
nice scalped Pink. cut or something. <laughs> Pinking shears. There it is. Pinking you shears. Know. Strangle you with my adorable ribbon. Oh my god, we've really gotten off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm back now. Oh, that I enjoy- was. I enjoyed oh my it. gosh. All right, Nancy. On that note, we're just about finished here, but I want to tell, okay, so I want everyone to know where they can find you. Where can everybody find Nancy Red if they want to follow you? If you just Google Nancy Red on any outlet, you will find me if you wish to. I'm becoming more active on, so I'm trying to be like you, Jen. You're the social media maven. I'm going to be posting more, which is really, it's it's really hard because- It is. I haven't seen you lately. It takes a lot because I'm too busy like being ridiculous, having a great time with all the stuff that no one sees, and then- then it comes time to promote. So it's kind of yeah. like the, it's like the locust. I'm like a locust. It's like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> I'm well, that's annoying. the thing. I was going to say it's go time now. Like, you know, we're in October. This book comes out October 31st. The real Santa is coming out October 31st. Like it is go time. Like at this point, if you follow Nancy red and I just want to make it clear, it's red with two D's. But if you follow Nancy red, you will be inundated with marketing for this book as well you should be, because that's why you follow her. Because for the rest of the year, she will entertain you with her other ridiculous nonsense. But for right now, she has books to sell. (laughs) You won't be silent. You won't be silent, because you won't go back to that, because you'll know now that it's better to just kind of maintain it all year long, and then then you ramp it up. Like, I just made my apology, like, last week. I was like, it's coming. Like, I'm sorry, everybody. Like, January will be here before you know it, and I'm just going to be obnoxious. So, whoo, it's coming. I'm but excited. Yes. So follow Nancy Red everywhere. Please get this book. Get the Bonnet book. It's such a cute book. And then get the real Santa. And be sure when you're decorating your Christmas tree this year, you're thinking of Santa's favorite elf, Nancy Red. No, no, no. And oh, Santa. And- yes, yes. We we would be the yeah. yin and the gang of elves. We would be what they would. We, we should sell a children's movie about like grumpy elf and and not Grumpy Elf, but perky actually elf. Perky Elf. But both Perky Elf has Grump in her and Grump Elf has Perky in them. It's kind of like inside. It's like inside out. But with but elves. elves. Two little cute girl elves. Yes. With, and like so we keep listening- all of our tools in our boobs. There's just In so our boobs. Yeah. Well, it's more just like a, um, like a tactical vest. We could just wear tactical vests and put everything in that. I think that'd be better. There was that elf movie. Remember where they were like spies or something? Did you watch that a few years ago? Have you guys seen that one? It's like Probably. a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an animated one and they wear. Oh yeah. I, know, I love that one. That was amazing. Yeah. That was a really yeah, good Yeah. That one was cute. Yeah, so. it'd be a spinoff. So if those people want to do like a spinoff of two fun little girl elves that are real, they're angry and they're soft. They like they, they like sugar and spice. Like, let us know. We can do that as long as they can wear tactical vests and put everything in it, especially around the chest area. So <laughs> that'd be fun. All right, Nancy, thank you so much. I had a blast. I miss you, and I, I hope you. I get to see you again soon. And please tell your family hello for me, and I will talk to you soon. Ditto. Thank you for being amazing. Thanks for listening and subscribing to No Pants Required with Jen Mann. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? will be out in January, but it's available for pre-order everywhere books are sold.